0: commas. Commas is all things tech. You see culture and technology coming together. Life hacks. The practicality right now in the inefficiency of the internet of buying and selling stuff is extraordinary. Entrepreneurship advice. I think the first thing is you got to understand your business inside out.
1: Love and tech. We've almost reduced dating to kind of this very momentary snap
0: of a person it's gonna be a fire show i have yet to see something these days that's truly differentiated
1: new advice and new inspiration every show
0: it surely is about the next generation of creatives going faster further than
2: we did now
1: let's start stacking them commas
0: Entrepreneurship advice. <laughs> Learn from the hottest and most successful investors, founders, and innovators in the game. Determine your
1: greatness. It's time to get your knowledge up. Okay, okay, folks sure, y'all, folks show. Sure. Everybody's trying to figure out how to finance their companies. Some people are going through investments. Some people are thinking about other alternatives. Well, one of the ways that people probably haven't figured out yet, or at least maybe dove down that path from a startup perspective is actual crowdfunding. We've heard of equity crowdfunding in the sense where somebody will take a percentage of your company or they have certain points depending on what kind of deal you've set up or structure, but we haven't really seen it from the perspective of straight crowdfunding. So I want to introduce you guys to somebody who I love. She is killing it in the space. She's new and she has a platform called Fun Black Founders. Her name's Renee King. Renee, how are you doing?
2: I'm wonderful. Thank you for that introduction. For
1: sure. I mean, there's so much for people to learn from you about the platform, how they should be leveraging the platform. And We're going to get into all of those details. But first and foremost, tell us a little bit about what Fund Black Founders does.
2: Okay. So we are a socially conscious crowdfunding platform for early stage Black founders, Black entrepreneurs. Um, specifically, we are rewards-based crowdfunding. And what we do is we coach our black entrepreneurs through a successful launch of a crowdfunding campaign. We teach them how to prepare their campaign, all the things that they need to get through, like their fears or their funding, all that stuff. We teach them about that and we coach them from start to finish of launching a successful crowdfunding campaign. So why is
1: this so important for black founders though? Why did you decide to focus specifically on black founders?
2: I decided to focus specifically on Black founders because what some of the data points, like, for example, there's this great study by Milken um, where they feature, the, they talk about the fact that when you want to do support services or technical assistance services, right, for, that are targeted to Black entrepreneurs or Hispanic entrepreneurs, you need to drill down on your service that you're offering and it needs to be culturally competent in order to support the demographic that you're trying to reach. So, when you look at Black founders, um, Black entrepreneurs, we know the data shows that they are typically underserved or underfunded. Like they don't get access to loans, um, credit, um, all the different funding opportunities like venture capital, angels. They're getting the least amount of funding to start their businesses. So, in order to change that, number and to increase their access to the funding we decided to create a platform that doubles down on black entrepreneurs so we double down via our coaching we double down via our resources and we double down via how we coach which is all culturally competent coaching around what the black founder experience is so that we can get them through a successful crowdfunding campaign they can get the capital they need and now they can start or grow their businesses.
1: That's awesome. Do you think there's enough market share in the space in terms of having, because obviously these other platforms cater to mainstream market. So do you think there are enough black founders to service your platform to make it a success?
2: I definitely believe that there is more than enough founders, to, black founders to service for this platform. What the main barrier right now that we have to focus on is raising awareness Um, about the platform, raising awareness about how crowdfunding can be done within the Black community um, as we get over like any stigmas that we have about asking for money. So there's like various points that we just have to, or various barriers that we have to kind of coach around that then you'll see this will open up even more. But we have some data points that you're seeing where the trend is starting to pick up. You have like some successful Black entrepreneurs who have already crowdfunded. Like Crown and Hops um, did a great crowdfund. Um, Shop Black. Like you see the the points are picking up where they're helping to build awareness around this. We just need to increase more awareness on it and also help these entrepreneurs specifically as it relates to their experience of like how how can we coach them around not having the fear of asking their um, community or their family and friends to support their campaigns, how to properly give them the proper verbiage or give them the proper prep work and coaching so that they'll feel comfortable enough to start this campaign and run it.
1: So the cool thing is you're doing your official launch today, which is super exciting, but you've already had your founders start to raise. So why do you have them raise prior to actually launching the campaign? Why is that so important for you?
2: So with crowdfunding, one of the um, tips or tricks that you if you know about crowdfunding and you study it, um, one of the tips or tricks that people do is before you officially launch your campaign to the general public, you want to work like a nice, intimate group of folks that you want to mobilize to hit your crowdfunding campaign the first week that it goes live. So like you do, like a, they call it like a stealth launch. You do that because you want to make sure when your campaign goes live to the public that they're not seeing a campaign that has zero raise. They're seeing money in it. And that's just like psychology to help other folks to say, OK, well, I see people believe in this in this founder, they believe in this campaign, they believe in this product, so I'm going to go ahead and support too. So that's the the strategy behind that um, and it's just, that's basic crowdfunding 101. Everyone and everyone who runs a campaign who really did their homework in how to do this, you do that. You run a stealth launch where you have your Intim- in intermediate not intermediate or your intimate friends and family go and flood your page and flood your campaign and throw some money in there so that when it goes live to the general public it's already in there and people can feel more confident like this is going to be a successful project
1: tell me about the key superstar founders the ones that are standing out that you're like yes that's going to be a winner who are you predicting that are going to meet their campaigns i mean obviously we hope everybody meets their campaigns but who is really standing
2: out and why oh that's a hard question. Um, they're all gonna hit. They're all gonna hit their campaigns. Uh, but the, some superstars you definitely should watch out for is uh, Tia Tia Williams of Lucas Pie Bio. That's her company, and that's the first Black-owned, queer woman-owned biotherapeutic medicine manufacturer. Um, I would also look out for Bree Share because Bree Share, and that's their founders are two founders, Blaze and Chris, and Bleep. Bree Share is a remote collaboration platform and social network for music creators to collaborate. Um, Taryn Dean, her company is called The Beauty Maj. Awesome. It's really, really trending right now. And she is, her company is Transdental Beauty Services that combines metaphysical healing with luxury beauty services. There's so many of them. I mean, they're all going to, they're all going to do well, but I would look out for those guys and also wins for black girls. Tiara, she's awesome. Um, and her company, Wins for Black Girls, is a text alert platform that shares good news for Black women. And you got to check out Ann Beale of Absolute Joy, which is an inclusive clean beauty brand for people with all skin tones and types. And Seed to Shirt. Like, this is, like, one that's going to be pretty amazing. Um, And the founder's name is Tamika Peoples. Her company is Seed to Shirt. It's the first Black-owned T-shirt manufacturing company. They manufacture 100% Black-made custom organic cotton T-shirts for apparel brands. So, like, those blanks that everyone's printing their brands on, she makes those. Um, It's pretty awesome. So, check check out all these founders.
1: So I thought it was super important that you and Dr. Dapper meet because I've seen his hustle. He's gone through the gamut of getting his shoes up and running in terms of the company. And I know that it takes a lot of money in order to continue to push a business forward. Right. And so for me, I was like, okay, I see what's going on over here. And it makes sense. Like the relationship makes sense. So I want to bring him into the conversation, Dr. Dapper. How are you doing over there?
0: What's good? We're doing pretty good. We're chilling.
1: So you and Renee have already kind of started to talk about your actual crowdfunding campaign. Tell us a little bit about what you guys have been working on together.
0: We've been working on a lot. Uh, I'm really excited about it because I wanted to do a crowdfunding campaign at one point, but it fell through. Um, So I really never got to explore that avenue completely. So I'm excited to be able to do that and see how it goes, uh, as well as since my network has grown a lot. Oh uh, but yeah we worked on of course we had the phone call to uh for her to explain everything to us. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Learning a lot, got a lot of information, cool slide deck, it's real dope. Um and then we got our our uh, Excel document that had the weekly uh tasks that we needed to do. So me, you know, I work kinda quick. <laughs> I'm not I, 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 I saw Very the day quick. to I saw the day-to-day stuff, but I was like, eh, let me go ahead and knock some of this stuff out, let me hit her up and be like, Hey, is this okay? <laughs> So we've been doing that. And I just recorded my crowdfunding video uh, yesterday, yesterday. So yeah, that was dope. Uh, it's about to be done pretty soon. So yeah, we're just moving through you know, the process, going with the flow. It's been pretty dope.
1: How important is a video for their campaigns, Renee?
2: Very important. Um, according to crowdfunding data, which I love to reference all the time, projects that have an actual video like perform way better and get more funding versus projects that don't have a video. Um, And just think about it, like you're just typically we're more engaged on social media via video versus a static post, right? That's the higher engagement. The same thing with crowdfunding, like videos tell a story way better than when people have to read through a long amount of text and go through, like, just a long page of text and pictures. The videos can like ignite emotions. They can learn more about the founder. They see your personality. It just gives a whole, it paints a whole bigger picture about your business and what you're doing. And it motivates people to take action.
1: Dope. So what has your experience been working with Dr. Dapper so far?
2: So it's been an awesome experience. I will say Dr. Dapper moves very, very quick. um, As he noted, like he sees the task and he just like bangs it out which is amazing when you're doing, when you decide to take this um, on, you decide to crowdfund. It's really important that you like, get in the mindset that you have to do the work. Crowdfunding is not easy. And if you don't do the work, it's not gonna work. Um, So I love that. The other part that I really love about Eric is a lot of founders in his stage, right? Where he's already gotten so much traction with his um, shoe brand, right? He's gotten so much traction and, It could have been really easy for him to say i'm not gonna go the crowdfunding route i'm just gonna continue on as i am you know taking my loans doing some credit stuff you know and using just the money that he's making from the shoes but then he clearly recognizes that people want more from his brand they want more lines they want so much more they want it to grow they want to see it everywhere So rather than him playing small, he realized he needs to he is a founder has that mindset of like, no, I need to use all the capital options or funding options that I have so that I can grow this. And that's the mindset that I think I find that with entrepreneurs that look like us, we have to start to get in control of that mindset that, yes you need to use other people's money to grow your business, okay? Like it's not, like staying in a bootstrap mindset is not gonna get you to the scale that we need our our black businesses to be. So I love that about him. And I know his campaign is gonna do amazing just based on a lot of other things that he has going on. He's proven, like has proven traction. He's really engaged on his social media, has a great social following. And he's also engaged with his personal network. So, they all want to help him. It's just he just needs to turn on the page and everyone will be flooding it. So, I'm pretty sure it's going to be, it's going to do well. And he's like a perfect case of who should crowdfund.
1: Dr. Dapper, what are you going to do differently that you didn't do the first time you ran your crowdfunding campaign?
0: Well, the thing was, I didn't even run it. <laughs> so, I couldn't do anything so <laughs> I couldn't even do anything different. I guess the only different thing was because I'm running it myself, but. Um, there was this guy that was supposed to help me. Um, and, you know, he was cool or whatever. And it just, it just like I said, just fell through. He didn't come through on his end with what he said he was going to do. And because I didn't have the time or energy or focus to just be like, all right, let me focus on this Kickstarter because it was kind of complicated at the time. You know, um, I didn't really focus on it. But now that I have kind of like a layout, boom, 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 uh, of somebody that can show me, okay, this is what you have to do and give me the task and I complete it, you know, and then it's like fine. But going in like just, you know, in the dark, trying to shoot. You know, I'm like, okay, what do I even start with this Kickstarter? Um, so I feel like now that I'm heading it, and then I have a team, of course, beside me to assist me with things that I need and questions. Um, I feel more, um, I guess, just confident in, in taking it on. So, yes, yeah, nothing different, just me running it and <laughs> actually taking it.
1: I mean, I saw you hit the ground running. Like, I was on your IG stories, and I was like. Oh, he didn't tell me he's shooting a video. Like, what's this whole yeah, production?
0: Production, man. And I'm, like, going
1: through it. I'm, like, this is, like, a full production. Like, We don't play no
0: games, <laughs> man. We do not play no games, I swear to God. Like, anything, I've, <laughs> anything I do, I promise I- I'm not playing, so you got to get it done for sure.
2: I
1: love it. So, Renee, what are some tips that you would recommend to somebody who's looking to crowdfund?
2: The first tip, if you're looking to crowdfund, is, to, we call it like a funder forecast. You want to look at your personal network, um, all the people that you know, your friends, your family, people you went to school with, um, people who you go to church with, everyone that you possibly know, you want to start putting them in a list, like putting them together in a really detailed list of like who they are. um, And then next to that name of the person, you want to kind of estimate how much do you think they could contribute to your campaign? And if you look at this list, let's say you take about a week to put together this great list of all these folks. If your list looks like it's not anywhere close to the amount of what you think you would want to crowdfund, then you got to take a couple steps back and just be very intentional and active with your networking. So you can build that list, right? Um, That would be the first step to and the good thing about taking that first step, right, is that even if you crowdfund or you don't crowdfund, that step is going to help you regardless on your entrepreneurial journey. Like I can't stress enough the power of having like the right people in your corner, or the right networks or access to the right network- networks will do amazing things for you on your entrepreneurial journey. So it not only it does amazing things for you on your entrepreneurial journey, but it also helps you with crowdfunding. And why it helps you with crowdfunding is because the data also shows that majority of the contributions you're going to get for your crowdfunding campaign is going to come from your actual network. So it literally is your network is your net worth, especially when it comes to crowdfunding. So cultivate your network, cultivate those relationships that you have with folks, get them involved and interested in your business and just start warming them up and like putting them being really targeted with your networking and putting them on that list so that you can see all right this is what it looks like as for my network that I could do if I decided to run a crowdfund or maybe this network needs to be worked on so let me work on that
1: what's the average amount that somebody should be considering raising when they're doing their crowdfunding campaign for the first time out
2: Your average amount should be a combination of what your network looks like and what you actually need to hit milestones for the next year. That's what your average should look like. So I wouldn't say that your average should be like this specific amount. It's more so like, well, what does your – if you do this um, spreadsheet of putting all of your network folks in there, and it looks like your network can only – contribute probably around $10,000 and what you need in order to hit some milestones, you know, the funding that you need to hit milestones with your business for the next year, it looks like you need around 20,000 to do that. Realistically speaking, you're probably only going to be able to crowdfund 10. So either we work on your network so that you can get closer to that 20, or we figure out how you get that balance of the 10 to hit those milestones from somewhere else, whether it's loans, credit, grants, pitch competitions. Do you understand what I mean?
1: Absolutely. Dr. Dapper, do you know how much you plan on raising?
0: We're shooting for the sky. I ain't going I won't I won't give him I won't I don't know if I should even should, should I tell him Renee or should I just leave no. that? No. Yeah, just leave that. Leave that <laughs> on no. the back. Leave that on the back there. No, we are raising a lot though. We we're, we're raising a lot though. We're going for it. We're shooting for it.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, if you guys are interested in fund black founders. Go ahead and log on to funblackfounders.com. Like I said, it launches today. I'm super excited for you, Renee, and everything you have going on. How can they reach you beyond just the platform?
2: Um, you can find me on Instagram. I guess you could say um, Instagram, funblackfounders. We're funblackfounders on everything. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We are fund Black F-N-D-R-S. Um, And then my personal IG is the Renee King. So the T-H-E-R-E-N-E-E-K-I-N-G Yo, yo, yo,
0: yo, yo Love, life, and tech With Sequoia Blodgett Just part of our culture Because balance is real Between the swipe culture Mental health Personal growth career, and just about everything in between. Just keeping it real. It's a lifestyle. Incredible vibes, incredible people. Love, life,
1: and tech. Entrepreneurship is the new fly. It's all the rage. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Everybody's talking about the flashy lifestyle. They're on the IG flexing, how much money they made. Everybody's showing their bank accounts, their PayPal accounts, all the things.
0: Yeah, it's really <laughs> crazy. People think it's easy to do this life, and it's really not that easy, so... There's a lot of stereotypes out there that I really think need to be like you know nipped in the bud. What you think? Like that's it's just a lot of them out there. You are on point with that. So what are some stereotypes that you've heard about? Uh, one I've heard is that I got into it and the money just came, boom. And then now recently, since a lot of people see me moving to LA, they're like, oh, he got it. Like everything must be good. So it's really like, oh. it's like something special. Like you, you were ordained to be an entrepreneur. Like, Oh, he got into this like secret club and now all the money's flowing. It's like, no, this is a sacrifice that you make and you really lose a lot of money. And you don't make a lot of money for a lot of years. (laughs) I love
1: that because people are like all the flash, all the flexing, all the IG posts. mm -hmm. people think it's such a
0: glamorous life. And it's really not. And, And outside of that, people, people even think you're born you know, into it which you can be like you can be born into a family that that has like birth entrepreneurs for like the Waldens, for example and of course it's something that I've, do you feel like it's something that you can be born with or you think it's like over the years or through like your life experiences and and a little bit of teaching here and there because you can't teach entrepreneurship but it's like
1: uh. that's a great question so that was Draper's question and part of the reason why he built draper university so the idea behind it was can you teach entrepreneurship it was like that exact question right and i think some people have that grit and the tenacity and the hustle that entrepreneurs are naturally needing in order to succeed Mm -hmm. versus like yeah you can teach the attributes of it but are you the right person to execute? And I think that's the big thing. And I want to go back to the IG flexing for a a second because I think an example that's super important and interesting that somebody said to me a long time ago is you wouldn't see Jeff Bezos on Instagram flexing, right? Like Mm -hmm. the CEO of Amazon. Oh, does he? who knows? But like, he's the CEO of Amazon, right? Like, if you're an entrepreneur, you know that you are down to the wall, you are getting things done, you're making happen. Like, I mean, any CEO, Twitter, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, you don't see Mark Zuckerberg on Facebook, you know what I'm saying? And so I think about the successful entrepreneurs who are huge in their space and within their verticals they're not doing all the doing it for the gram, mm-hmm. right? And I think, but there is that aspect of entrepreneurship where you are doing it for the gram and a part of that is your bag. Mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting mm-hmm. too.
0: Yeah, that, that's an interesting side of it because a lot of people are entrepreneurs and they have businesses but a lot of people are like lifestyle influencers like they promote a certain lifestyle or they might be motivational speakers or they speak on panels so of course they have to post on social media for that and then a lot of Uh, CEOs or or business owners become real high influence individuals, and then brands reach out like, "Oh my God, can you like sponsor or be an ambassador for you know our car or our product or our bar or whatever?" And it's like, okay, well, I gotta hit Instagram with this, so it's kind of a balance uh, when it comes to the social media life. But nobody's really just flexing, holding like wads of money, and and just like posting nice cars and everything. It's more so informational when it comes to a, a business owner being on Instagram to me.
1: I love that. And I think when you do see the person that's just flexing, you start digging through those books. You're going to see some empty numbers because you don't have that much time in your day. Like Mm -hmm. if you need to post and update your socials and you're on live all day long and Mm -hmm. you're doing this, that, the third, like it takes a lot of energy to actually run a business.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people think the nine to fivers. Yeah, we, we don't work as hard as them, and it's like, yo, we working harder than them because we got to create jobs for them. You know, well, so you're working
1: twenty four hours. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. You know, do you take your sleep time? But you know, I'm not of the Diddy mindset of grind till you die. Like, yeah, <laughs> but really, like, I'm sleep
0: that out. I'll hold that one.
1: Yeah, technically, like you're working from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep. Like, <laughs> yeah. you want to pace it out, but in the beginning, you sometimes don't have that option.
0: Yeah, and even when you go to sleep, you're thinking about it. Like, I can't get away from it. <laughs> like, shower, sleep in the restroom, wherever I'm at. I'm like, yo, I gotta make some money. I gotta build this. I gotta, gotta do everything. But I'm not driven by money. A lot of people think entrepreneurs are are only driven by money and finances and being rich. You know, me, I'm passionate about what I do and the things that have grown from my business and um the the different rooms and and the different um I don't know how what should I say? I've had to I've had to step into different what's the word? I can't think of the word. Oh well, whatever. But I've become a person of influence. So, and I'm able to touch people through my story and inspire and do much more than just like build a business. So, I'm passionate about it. So I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs that are successful, they're passionate about it, and the money just comes. So that's another stereotype that can be crashed because it was just about the money for me and anybody else who quit. So that's why a lot of people fail. They only get into it for the money.
1: I like that you talked about that because I watch – instagram for very successful entrepreneurs and i see their posts and people are posting their paypal accounts and they're posting their stripe accounts and they're like look how much i closed this week (laughs) look how much i closed last week but to me and and it might not even be a scheme they may have very well made that much money but i think it sets up a mentality for people to chase money i think it's easier versus yeah, yeah versus actually going and like following a passion or following a big idea that, you know, makes a lot of sense for them. They're like, oh, I want to make what XYZ made last week, or I want to be able to bring in $50,000 a month or whatever it is. Right. And I think that you making that point is super positive because you want to shift that mindset. I don't think you should be out there chasing the bag because it's actually really difficult to chase
2: a bag. <laughs> y- y'all
0: saw the video of Lil Duval letting the bag chase him? That's how we doing all 2020. I don't know if y'all saw <laughs> that, but look up Lil Duval and look at the bag chasing him. His, his luggage follows him. He can turn left and right and it's follow him. That's what the bag doing for us in 2020. <laughs> what other stereotypes have you seen? Uh, One stereotype, another one that's probably like a big one that I feel like a lot of people should be aware of, is it costs so much to start and become an entrepreneur? And it's like, oh, man. You know, the LLC don't cost that much. You know, and you don't even got to be established completely if you just want to start a business. You know, just get a product. You know, have an idea, build an inst- get an Instagram, which is free. If you didn't know that, you know, shameless plug: free Instagram, free Facebook, all that for advertisement. And then you got your website. So Squarespace is like twenty dollars a month. Uh Well, e-commerce. If you go to e-commerce, you have a product instead of a service. Then you pay like forty something, but. You know, it's worth it. So that's a small investment. And, you know, product shoots and all that. So, I mean, you're looking at roughly a couple pair of Jordans. So I feel like y'all can do that, right? Right? It's not that expensive. So let's really
1: break that down. For somebody who's interested in being an entrepreneur, who's not chasing the bag, but actually has something that they want to bring to fruition, step one is what?
0: For me, step one is getting the product. (laughs) It's like figuring out, I guess, and you have an idea. So making sure that, like, okay, some people say make sure there's a problem. Then you can solve that problem. So, I mean, a lot of people go to the problem. But me, you know, I feel like if you got a good story and you know your story well and you know how to, to shift it and share it in a way to where it's professional and then you also have, like, something you're passionate about, whether it's a product or a service, no matter what it is, no matter if it's been done before a thousand times, if you connect your story with it, it will sell because you will be able to touch people emotionally and that leads to their pocket And nobody's story can match your story and nobody can tell it like you can tell it. So, you know, if you go down the bread aisle in Walmart, you see Wonder Bread, this bread, that bread, so many different bread brands. But people are connected to a certain brand because of a story or because branding is so well. So if you want to make a T-shirt and Joe Blow down the street got a T-shirt, by all means, make that T-shirt. But make sure you got your story and your purpose and you're really passionate about that. And then from there, you know. I don't know. There, there are a lot of problems been solved, but if you don't, you don't got to get too technical with the problem. You can create, you can create your own problem. That's what most businesses do: create a problem, solve that problem. You know, we want a lot of stuff to happen on Instagram every day. Like, oh, I didn't need to do this. Well, they already know that. <laughs> They're just not gonna give it all to us at once. So just create a problem too, and, and then you can solve your own problem.
1: So I would say. From a perspective of problem to solution, I think for the tech industry, it's super, super imperative that you find a problem to solve because the tech industry is so capital intensive. That you just can't be out there playing (laughs) like you got to make sure that you are solving a real problem and a big problem and you have the right solution for that problem because you're going to have to raise at some point. You're going to have to have some type of capital and it's not your capital and you want to make sure that you de-risk that investment for the investor. Right. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's very important that Whatever that problem is, yes, if it's already been solved, you have like a competitive advantage. So there's something, some unique value proposition that you're adding to the market to make sure that you're standing out and you are the, if it's D2C direct-to-consumer or business-to-consumer, you are who the go-to is. Or if it's on the B2B side, you've created that relationship with whoever the other business is, and that's the transaction that's happening. So we rely very heavily on problems that are unique that we can innovate on because we're trying to figure out what that next iteration is or what that looks like in the future 10, 20, 30 years Mm -hmm. from now. Right. So I think that's the difference between small, medium biz versus a tech company.
0: Of course, a tech company, they got to stay ahead, um, far ahead. Uh, because they're creating the future. I think in fashion, uh, one thing that I've seen a lot of people jump on, you jump on kind of stuff like, uh, vegan. So that's, that's been an issue with a lot of people like killing animals, eating meat, all that. So if you, if that problem is already there, but that industry is wide open for people to step into with vegan shirts or vegan shoes or vegan whatever, and put that on there. So that's something, that's a way to ease into it. And also if you want to inform people about stuff that they would know, that also creates, uh, a problem that you're solving, quote-unquote, because you're being honest about it. So if you went in and said, oh, my God, Louis Vuitton and all these brands, they have their product actually made in China where it's cheap, and they ship it to Italy to have a button put on, and then they charge you, and they say made in Italy because they had that button put on, and they ship it to the U.S. Or they, and they sell it to you for $2,000, when, you know, the quality is the same as, you know, a store down the street that has no, you know, large luxury brand name. Uh, but the quality of that product is like the exact same. So if you raise awareness to that and you attach your brands, well, we're actually giving you luxury product, you know, without that luxury markup, you know, that that's a good way to tap in it, into it, too. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a few different ways to go about it. Just, you know, staying in the know, I feel like is a pretty it's a pretty good way to hit it with the uh, with the fashion because fashion is always moving, it moves so fast.
1: So there's a unique way to approach any industry, no matter if it's passion, health, finance. Just always look for where you fit in the market in terms of your unique value proposition, what you bring to the table, how you can solve a problem. All right, cool. So you guys understand, obviously, solving a big problem in the market If there is a problem that you see, how do you innovate on that? How do you take that to the next level? And then creating a problem like some companies.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. So, like, I can touch on Apple again. Like, I think I touched on it earlier with uh, a problem that they created recently, or not even recently, uh, the, the headphone jack and the charger. So, you know, back in the day, we used to be able to plug in the charger and the headphone. We used to be happy, scurry along, and we just on about our way. But now they have only one port for the headphones and the charger, same thing. So it's like, okay, now I can't listen to my music and charge my phone at the same time. But then they introduced these other products. like, okay, you got the the, uh, the AirPods. Then you got the uh, adapter to where you can plug it into the charger port and, you know, charge and listen to music at the same time. So it's like they they created that problem where there was no issue. Like, why did you change it? <laughs> it was working perfectly fine, but they created that problem so they could, they could introduce a, a solution and also sell more products on top of that. So it's like it was crazy.
1: That's great. So as you can see, there's many ways to start a business. Beyond whatever you decide to do, just make sure you're passionate about it and that you have purpose. <laughs>
0: Driven through the building. It's time to say it with style. Dr. Dapper is checking in. Dr. Dapper is here to swag you up with a fresh perspective from fashion to lifestyle and entrepreneurship. Uh, 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 look, look good. Now let's hit the runway and say it with style. What's good, Commas family? Dr. Dapper is back with another segment of Say It With Your Style. This time, we're going to take it a little left. We're going to give y'all some social media advice. Uh, I'm going to talk about a couple of mistakes I see a lot of people making on social media with business, with their business pages, as well as, you know, their personal pages. Um, so, like, the first mistake I kind of see a lot of people making is that them having their pages on private. Um, And it's really like you can't run a business, you can't be an influencer, you can't do anything with a private page. Actually, t- actually today, somebody messaged me and said, oh, my friend sent your company a message. She wanted to, like, do a collaboration with you, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, yeah, I saw the message. I didn't respond. Her page is private. Like, I don't get to see anything about that person. I don't see, I get to see the kind of content they post. I can't see their product, if you got a product. So I can't support it. I can't see if I like it. Uh, Cause the bio does, it's, the bio does good, but we wanna see highlights, we wanna see posts, we wanna see engagement, we wanna see comments and see if people are actually like, you know, communicating with you. So that's one big problem that I see a lot of. And then the girl that, that had reached out to me, she was like, oh, yeah, you know what? I kind of get that, you know. If I look, if I put myself in your shoes, I'm like, yeah, I know you get that because you know I can't see anything. So that's one thing. That's one big thing that I would say. And, and, and in this moment, if you're listening to this episode and your and your page is on private, you know, just and, and just if you don't want to make any money, okay, if you don't want to grow your brand, that that's cool. That's cool. You don't got to do it. But if your page is on private and you want to do those things, take it off private. Do me that. Do me that favor. Do do yourself that favor. Take it off private so you can grow make some money and just scale your business and your personal brand in 2020 it's going it's going it's going to help a lot tremendously take your page off private so that's 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 t- that's one mistake that's a, that's the kind of like one of the top mistakes that I see a lot of um and then outside of that I see a lot of people that don't really like social media a lot so they 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 rarely engage with their followers so they can have 10,000 followers they could just go to Instagram post a picture get right off the app you know you get more uh, your posts get seen by more people when you respond to people when they post when they post a comment or when you share this or when you go live or when you actually like just you utilize the platform uh, Instagram really shows you know, speaking about instagram specifically right now instagram shows a lot of love to people that you know actually use new features and go live and share a post and post on their story every hour on the hour uh, and things like that so and outside of your own page you know go Go engage with your followers' posts. You know, like their posts. Comment on them, you know. Uh, be in their DM. Talk to them. Say, hey, how's your, how's your day going? Respond to their story because that person doesn't see your posts or see your page because you don't engage with each other. And there's, there's even this new thing in your followers that, that shows you, okay, these are your least engaged with platforms. So that's a new update with Instagram. You can go in and see who you're not engaging with. And if you're like, oh, dang, this is my best friend, why am I not seeing their posts? It's because you're not liking and commenting on their stuff. You're not DMing them and stuff like that. So if your friend or page you really like is in there, you know, go in there and just like start to engage with them, comment on their stuff. And then that allows them to come to your page and say, oh, what have they been posting? Uh, Same for business pages. It's it's just like personal. A lot of businesses hire people just to go engage and like and comment and post on the stories and tweet and make Facebook posts posts or whatever. People get paid a yearly salary just to do that. So, if you're a small business, you know, take set some time aside, you know, to actually just like comment, search for new people, message them, love your content, whatever it has to do, like just engage with people, and you'll see a boost in your uh, engagement, your insights on your page uh, from doing that. Um, so yeah, that's that's a really big tip, and definitely make time for that. And then so I and then outside of outside of those first two tips, uh, my next tip kind of rolls into or my next mistake. I should say rolls kind of into something Sequoia has been doing recently. she It's not a mistake that she's making. Maybe she's correcting the mistake that she was making in the, in the beginning. But the content, I see a lot of people posting poor and not well-thought-out content. Sequoia's been on a roll with her content lately. In 2020, she's killing it. Check out her page. Check out her bio. Check out her headshot on her on profile picture and everything. Everything is quality. So if you have poor content or if you think your content isn't quality, go to Sequoia's page. And please use her page as a reference because she's got she's got it going. She is killing it. And maybe maybe you can give us some tips on how to even get better content, Sequoia. Like, I don't know. Like they might need help with getting better content.
1: You know, that is awesome. So I think it's investing in your content. Before I was posting anything, and like I was doing a ton of speaking engagements, a ton of like I'd be with this celebrity or that celebrity celebrity from this event or that event. And it wasn't really doing much for me, right? And so at some point I had somebody look at my page and they were like, what is happening on this page? Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand what I'm supposed to be coming to you for. I don't understand if it's for tech, if it's for just the people you know. or Like, I don't get what's happening. So I went, literally invested in a photographer, did everything over, like restyled the page, my look, everything took Everything. It was like years worth of content, took all of it down. And I'm talking about from when I was on ABC Family to like photo shoots I had done back in the day to like things I was doing at Black Enterprise. Like everything came down. So 2020 started with like two months fresh. And within maybe a week out of being in 2020, I mean, what we're in the third week now, I got a huge campaign from Nissan. So I think it's super important that your content is on point. Investing in your content, you have to be cognizant of what your brand is. For me, it's tech. Right. And so even though I've got all these Molly Q pictures, I have to say something in the caption uh, that relates back to tech or entrepreneurship or else you guys are going to be like, well, did she become a runway model yesterday? Like what (laughs) happened? Like where's what's this new direction now? I will take that bag. Trust me. (laughs) But, you know, we need to be very, very clear about what your brand is versus, you know, what you're trying to portray. And you will know because you'll see who your followers are. So I look at my Followers, and I see that a lot of them are in tech. A lot of them are entrepreneurs, and you can also see your demographics if you start digging the insights. You are very much in that fashion space, but mm-hmm. you also are very, very, very good at engaging when it comes to Instagram. Tell us a little bit about what the insights mean to people.
0: The insights are dope, especially since they're taking away likes and uh, and views. I've actually got to see, got to get a peek of what it looks like from the outside. So I, you kind of, I think you. What I saw from my friends page, this page has been updated already. Is you can see only likes that people, the people you know or follow, y'all follow a like or something like that. Maybe, because uh, I saw like two or three likes on certain posts that he showed me, and I was like, oh, these must be people you already follow and y'all have in common. Um, but the insights are that's gonna be really dope because I feel like a lot of brands are gonna have to go deeper than just the surface of a lot of followers, which I'm gonna touch on with a mistake that a lot of people are making. They're they're buying followers just to look, make they have that image of like, oh. I got a hundred thousand followers, but it's like, oh, you got seventy likes and you got five comments, and it's like, come on, man, or you got, or you got a thousand views, but you got two likes on your post. It's like you can't, you can't have. No, is you have a thousand likes on your post, but you got two views. I've seen a lot of people. Um, have more likes than views, and I and I don't get how you can have more likes than views because you gotta view it to like it.
1: So yeah, I, you I had a really, meme up the other day it. that like killed me. Yeah, do me. you remember what that meme was? It the was so was funny. Stop
0: buying followers.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> That's all it is. That's all there was it is. like Stop a breakdown of it. You have to say Do you remember what it was? I have
0: to pull it up. We can pull it up, but uh, let me let me see if I can find it. But it, it was but, so interesting. The, you sent it to me. The basic thing is the buying followers, and it's, I think it has something to do with like um, a like isn't gonna go with you. the
1: it but was so account. funny yeah. it was like in 2020 we're gonna stop having 70 thousand followers 11 likes and two viewers oh, so yeah, you know what i'm saying and then yeah, it was like was instead funny. of buying followers buy a book well, <laughs> Something like, or something, or something.
0: it was so good so yeah the followers the followers is a big thing man Is is. A lot of people are buying followers and that doesn't help with anything, you know. And, and even when people go live, you see like two people in the live, but they got 100,000 100, followers. It's like where this doesn't align. So you really can't capitalize off of buying followers, you know, in today's time now because of what Instagram has done. And also you were saying you can look at your followers and see a lot of your followers are in tech. I can look at my followers and see that a lot of my followers might be in fashion or or just entrepreneurship. But if you look at somebody that bought followers, you can see clearly that the the, the, the fake accounts, if you go through their like followers, it's a lot of like scribes and Chinese writing and no profile pictures. And if you see and that, hair accounts, hair, all that, all that. And it's like if you see that on somebody's page, automatic red flag. So that's a big mistake that a lot of brands. I think, a lot, I think some people are trying to do it with their brand, too, to make their brand look more credible. And also their personal pages, influencers and stuff. They do it a lot. Um, but you touched on Insights. That's a part of insights. you guys don't buy followers. <laughs> but uh, as far as insights, you know, you got your impressions, your reach,, uh, you got your demographics, of course, of like where people live, where most of your people live. so you can that and that kind of helps with ads. so you can target specifically, you know where you need to target for uh, your product to put it in front of people in New York, for instance, if you have most of your followers in New York. so um or if you travel and you want to do a pop-up event, you know, okay, New York might be a place I need to go because most of my followers are in New York, my supporters, so let me go there. So, insights are very cool. Love them. Um, Instagram took likes and views. That really didn't, you know, hurt me too much. I don't really care about it. You know, it's whatever. Now, your page has to be more aesthetic. You know, it has to be appealing to the eye. So, that goes back to the content. Posting quality content is going to be the way to go in 2020 until they change something else where they bring likes back or they bring something back. But right now, the quality of the content that you post. Making sure you're not buying followers and making sure your insights are popping because that's what that's that's what they're going to want to see the insights because they can't see likes the case of views. You can see the likes, you can see the views, but, you know, people from the outside can't see it. So be ready with your EPK, your media kit to shoot over your insights and, uh, and back it up with the quality content. In 2020, this is the plug. You know, who's the plug? It's
1: time to get caught up on the hottest in tech.
0: Keep it locked. You heard with
1: Sequoia Blodgett. I see you, little mama. Some new tech and innovation has hit the market and we're going to discuss some of the hot products to look forward to in 2020. 20 so the first up is the lenovo thinkpad x1 fold now what's interesting about this product is it's not just a laptop or a tablet or a mini desktop pc it's kind of all three into one and it actually folds in half so i think that's a super interesting way to conserve some space dr dapper what do you think about this product
0: i think the fold is cool um I've heard in the news that um, the androids have had some issues. I call them the androids. Like they're like out- <laughs> outsiders. The androids, they've been having issues with their foldable. Um, I don't know if it was a Galaxy or what it was, but uh, the people were talking about how the screen was glitching, how it was freezing, how one side was working and one side wasn't. So I feel like with the new technology, it's going to be something you want to look out for. Uh, before you kind of like get into it, if you're, if you're the early adapters, you know, if you like to have the new stuff, you know, by all means, go for it. But if, you, if you're a businessman, you don't want those issues, you don't need those setbacks, like myself, just stick with it, the, the regular non-foldable. That's what I would do. I would stick with the regular one screen and just rock it out until it's perfected. But I feel like it's cool, though. It's something that's very, very crazy to see glass bend and fold. Like I'm like, how, how do you even do that?
1: It's interesting. It's something that I would play around with. I like the idea of being the first to test something to market when it comes to market, right? And so I would want to know what would be the benefit aside from just folding it in half. Like, of course, it's saving space, but what else is it helping me to do? So those are some of the questions that I would have. Regardless, it's 2500 which is a great price point to me for a laptop because Apple can get up.
0: There. They can get real high. And, <laughs> and even to answer that with your question, maybe the benefit, um, I saw a picture of it. It looks like you can have like one screen going with something else and then another screen going with something else. So kind of like multitasking. Like if you want to watch a, a, a Netflix series and then you want to work on something on the other side. I feel like, I think it, it's pretty, you know, convenient for that. So that's pretty cool to see how that works out uh, with, the, with the multitasking and double screens.
1: So if you guys are looking for a new laptop, something you could potentially test out, see if it works for you. I'm an Apple girl through and through. I know it cost me a lot of money to be on the team, but I'm totally about paying for it but I am willing to explore my options the next one up is the classic witting's Scan watch now what's interesting about this watch I have one I love it to death it's very fashionable I was a part of this new health like doctor's office of the future is what they called it so when I went through the process Ford I essentially signed up and then they gave me this watch as like a gift and it tracks everything. It tracks your heart rate. It tracks your steps. It tracks your sleep. And there's an app attached to it, and I love it. Not only does it do all that, but it looks really good and really fashionable. So you still fly
0: while you're rocking it. So you got this early. You you got this real early, huh? Real looks like early. It. So you, you really plug. So like, how what have you? Have you been wearing it every day, or do you, do you use it every day, or how is that like? Tell me about it, since you're the first one to have it.
1: I love it to death. So I was wearing it really often when it came out. I think the one that they're referencing when it comes to the new thing on the market is probably another iteration of that or another version of that. So it's looking like they will be dropping something 2020 versus the one that I have, which I think was probably the older traditional iteration of it but either way I tried to wear it every day and it, the thing that I used it for the most which I guess you could use a Fitbit for was to literally track my steps like I wanted to be fly and know how many calories I was burning she's taking Step. luxury
0: steps y'all, y'all hear that? Yeah. Luxury steps. yeah
1: so I wanted to know you know what the steps were looking like so if you're looking for something fly I mean obviously there's so many watches on the market smart watches Apple has their smart watch And, you know, but I think trying out something a little different, and this one's a little bit more inconspicuous, so it's not—you don't have all the digits and the gadget. It doesn't look very, like— Futuristic, right? It looks mm-hmm. very luxurious, like you said before.
0: And this and this goes back to Sequoia. Uh, well, this goes back to brand loyalty. You know, Sequoia is very loyal with Apple, but I'm sure she they gave her that free watch. She was like, "All right, I'll try it out." So if you're loyal to your brand, you know, stay loyal to your brand. If they drop a, a smart watch, but if you're not loyal to your brand, check out this new smart watch. It seems like it's gonna be really dope.
1: Yeah, I mean, I totally, totally check out an Apple Watch and and play that game too. <laughs> so i'm not I'm not opposed, right? I'm totally open. So next up is the hydra loop. Hydro Loop is a new innovation that they've come up with, which essentially will help you clean your plumbing water. So anything from like just laundry to showering, you put in a Hydro Loop, essentially it will recycle that water for you. And then that water is going to be used for flushing toilets, watering your lawns, replenishing pools, or even doing your laundry all over again. And what's super interesting about the Hydro Loop is it's, 85% saving you on your water usage, your overall water usage. And we all know that California has been going through a horrific drought. We're doing better these days. But still, you want to be conservative with your water. So I think the Hydro Loop is going to be something that does change the game.
0: That's dope. And and one thing that's changed the game as well, that's a new thing, is is the Insta360. That's changed the game for not homeowners with toilets, but (laughs) it's changed the game for influencers on Instagram. So a lot of influencers don't mind, you know, carrying around a lot of cameras, taking a lot of pictures. But, you know, the average Joe and now more so like the influencers that are on the go, they want to find a way to make stuff more convenient, more easy for them to capture content. This Insta 360 is like crazy. Uh, One of my homies is an influencer. uh, I saw him using it like about a month ago and that was the first time I ever saw it. I was like, what is this thing? Uh, Because it seemed like a drone was following him everywhere he was going. And I was like, bro, you have a drone like flying beside the car. And getting out and like just flying with you and following you wherever you go, like a tracker. And he was like, "No, nah, man, it's like this new Insta 360, whatever, yada yada." So basically, you have like a selfie stick that's attached to it, and it makes it disappear. And it's crazy. Like when the, when the content is done after you shoot it, you can't see the stick. So it's like, yo, how, what kind of technology are y'all using? What 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 realm are we in? You know, wh- who whose mind is creating this? Because a selfie stick that disappears in the video content—it's really stupid. So. That's next it's, level. That's next it's level. Very next level. And 4K video, all that is like crazy.
1: And that's what's interesting too is a lot of these new technologies and the cameras that are coming to market. They're super small, mm-hmm. so you're able to port them around. You can do your 360 video, get amazing images. And still look amazing. We were shooting some content last night. I went over to my friend's house and we were doing some DJing. And they had a gimbal and shooting it on the iPhone 11. And it literally, like, I'm a film major, film enthusiast, film maker through and through. Like, it looked like we were shooting on, like, an Ari or, like, an Alexa. Like, That's the crazy. anamorphic on it was crazy so i'm super excited to see what this camera does i want to see the type of images it produces have you seen content come from it
0: oh yeah content is stupid and then if you go to instagram look up insta360 or, or something like yeah i think that's it on instagram too uh you go to the website and they show you videos of uh content that's been created of course because they want to give you a preview of it and there's this this feature that's called uh, it's the flash cut feature um, it's crazy. It'll edit the video for you based on certain specific pieces that you had in the video. Like if you had food or animals or you had something with pets or something like that, it'll edit it for you. So the camera's only three hundred dollars. A lot of cameras cost five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars to create content like this. So it's really a a big steal, especially when you got your iPhone too, that um that that creates content that's like, you know, stellar as well. So I mean it's a it's a bang for your buck and you got two You got your iPhone right next to you. So it's crazy the amount of content we can create now with our handheld, like, just devices. To go along with the new technology, we got the new apps and the new things. And the hottest thing that I've seen around now is, like, this TikTok stuff. So a lot of kids are on TikTok, and they're on their phones doing it. But now I'm looking here, and I I looked up something. I saw a TV that Samsung's dropping. There's going to be TikTok uh, compatible and it's like so they bringing it to the to the big screen now they're taking it off the phone and taking it to the screen so the kids can be at the crib just chilling you see like a, you see a christmas day the fire lit you got the that the stockings hung and you everybody's on tiktok on the on the, on the tv you know have you seen heard about the tv
1: the samsung zero so i think what's interesting about the tiktok tv i think what's interesting about content period is The studios are going to have to really figure out how they're going to place themselves in this new ecosystem because Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all of these social media platforms are turning into media companies, right? So knowing that they now have the support of big screens, I'm no longer watching it on my iPhone. I can put it on a 43-inch TV with 4K, you know, LED, and it's going to look amazing, I'm a little concerned if I'm a studio because now the attention's going away from what I'm used to producing to now Instagram, Facebook and TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. So I think where does that leave them? I don't know. It's so crazy. Yeah, that's that's something that I'm really really interested to see how it all pans out. I know Fox is doing their own streaming network. Disney obviously launched Disney Plus. They have their streaming networks, So I think they're trying to be competitive. But I don't know how you compete when there's so much content coming out. I guess it's more so like you were talking earlier about brands. I think it's more so on a quality level, right? Mm -hmm. At some point, you're going to be done watching 15-second videos. and yeah, like, you get
0: tired of that, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So
1: I think it's quality that's going to win. I think that studios are going to get smart, and maybe they're going to pair up with some of these companies and see how they actually fit in the mold beyond just the traditional studio system and even the streaming system, because... I think streaming platforms are 2018, right? So what's the streaming of 2020? What does it look like in 2025? I know with the Nissan campaign, they approached me for augmented reality. So that's definitely something that brands are considering, virtual reality. So I am so excited and curious as to where the visuals are going to go 5, 10, 15 years from now. Because... TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, they're only getting bigger Mm -hmm. and they're only taking up more market share. Very curious to see where this goes. So, you guys, definitely try out some of these. If you do, let us know. Drop us a line on commas at commas.club on Instagram. Let us know what's popping. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you recommend that other people use it? Because this might be something that we will feature on our show again. So, if you have other stuff that you've seen, also let us know that as well. (laughs)